forgot what music actually meant what music was actually for was that in the movie tron <laughs> no tron didn't have anything this whimsical tron didn't have anything this light-hearted you know i mean hot butter doing popcorn that's a that's an important moment in ridiculous new wave pop culture i would love to have been at the band meeting you know okay so here's here's what our name's gonna be we're going to call ourselves Hot Butter, and we're going to write we an outrageously silly <laughs> instrumental that actually cracks the top 40 called Popcorn. How about this number right here? And the guy just goes off on it. It actually keys. happens. My name is Brian Oak. His name is Sean Bernard. I'm Brian Oak Show, episode... 68. That's not possible. It is possible. I don't believe you. Fake news. It's absolutely true. This I don't show know how. Is, this show is tremendous. <laughs> We've got huge ratings. Huge. We're doing very, very well. I can't really even Best talk. Best show ever. Oh, I cannot talk about that last rally anymore. Uh, I want to tell a very quick story before we talk to Dave Hahn, the guest of today's show, who, I don't know if you know, Sean, being a Minneapolis resident as I am, there have been troubles recently. There have been troubles. Have you heard about them? I have. I've been near them. You know, my wife and I, the first time we went to Ireland, she lectured me <laughs> the entire flight over, do not talk about the troubles. Do not talk about the troubles. We land. We get in a cab to go to Kilmannan Jail. <laughs> Literally, the first thing she does is bring up the troubles to the cab driver. <laughs> I you know, it, I know, I know. She just meant you shouldn't talk about oh, the troubles. Oh, me. Yeah, exactly. She's fine. Yeah, she's cool. Her name, her name is Colleen Martin. Oh, yeah. So she's a good Irish lass. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm Irish, too. But literally, after being lectured for, for three weeks about do not bring up the troubles, <laughs> literally the first thing she does when we talk to a local working class Irish person is to bring up the troubles. Uh, again, it is the Brian Oak Show, and we are recording in the Smart Start MN studio here in South Minneapolis, the heart of Southeast Minneapolis, 10 blocks away from where George, George Floyd was murdered. And I know that we've made a lot of that recently, but I refuse to ignore it. That memorial at 38th in Chicago, oh, it grows by the day. It does. It's, it's a celebration it, of his life now, which is so great. It's Good. gorgeous and it's wonderful, but it's yeah. also a reminder of where we are and what we're doing and how it's all gone down. Now, I live further east. I live over on 46th and Hiawatha, roughly. Um, and that's where that's where the city burned. And that's yes. part of what we're going to talk about today because Minneapolis, you know, even before being the epicenter of international racial unrest it was already in a tough spot with just just with covid Co turns out international pandemics also hard to deal with but then you add the 
pointless murder of a black man at the hands of law enforcement, it things exploded, things burned, and parts of the area were ignored, but we're trying to build them back. That's my neighborhood. I've lived in South Minneapolis for more than 30 years, and I want my neighborhood to survive. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about coming up here in just a little bit. Before we do, do you mind, and I know it may seem petty in light of all the things we're facing as a world right now, can I mention something very personal and unusual that happened to me today? Yes, please. All right. So uh, you remember uh, recently I found a screw in my tire. I came yeah. out and my tire was flat and I had to change it in the rain. And I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's on the TV series of The Incredible Hulk. Changing <laughs> his tire in the rain is what first inspired yes. him to become The Incredible yes. Hulk. Well. Sadly, no gamma radiation here. I did not turn into the Incredible Hulk, and I got the donut on my car. So finally today, a little too long, I probably rode on that thing a little too long, I went in to check my uh, vehicle and get the tire fixed. And I, I turn it in at the dealership, and I go sit in the waiting area thinking, they're like, give us 90 minutes, we'll fix your tire, get everything swapped out, you'll be fine, you'll be good sure. to go. The woman who was the assistant manager that I talked to, who was wonderful, by the way, and very, very well informed, she walked out to me, she's like, well, I've been doing this for a long time, and this is a first. I'm like, oh, that can't be good news. She's like, so your other three so-called good tires all have nails in them. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like scammeroonie, right? I walked out there, and all three of them had nails buried deeply in them. So she's like, this is a first for me, and no one else in the service bay has ever seen four tires get hit at once. All four of my tires, the one that had the screw, I had to change. Yeah. The other three all have nails in them. Now, these things happen, right? Yeah, and but not all at once. Don't they? And plus, you're not um, what I'd call a, a handy fella. So for you to have screws and nails uh, anywhere near your car would be a little shocking to me. You know, <laughs> I haven't parked in my garage in 15 years. Of course not. No, and... Uh, I'm plenty handy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said handsy. Oh, yeah, I, yeah I handsy. You're handsy. handsy. Yes, you are. But not yes, handy. Okay, true, yeah. True. No, so it, um, the fact that, like, she came back, she's like, there are nails in your other three tires. I'm like, what? I've been driving on those tires for two and a half weeks. I mean, the fact that one of them didn't blow, that, uh, so again, yeah. the fact that it's expensive is fine. I, I, how do you get punctures in all four tires at one time unless the Illuminati? Could be the Illuminati. <laughs> Could be somebody with a nail gun because, I, you know, otherwise Honest it, to it God. can't be real easy to put a nail into a tire. So, and here's what they told me. Like, they see this all the time. Like, so when that screw is, like, it's perpendicular with the tire. We've talked about yeah. this. I'm like, how does that even happen, like, without, a, without a, like, a fucking uh, drill or a yeah. screw gun? And... She's like, you know, the front tire will often kick them up and they'll go in the back tire that way. She's like, the fact that it was in your front tire, that is odd, but we can fix this. Yeah. And then she came back. She's like, there are nails in all three of your other tires. I'm like, and they're all perpendicular? They were Look, all covered man. though, right? I mean, did it cost you anything to have them repaired? Oh, yeah. It did? Oh, no, no. Here's the deal. So I lease. So I have a yeah. full warranty on yeah, my yeah, entire yeah, that's vehicle. What I mean. Yeah, no. If If there's a manufacturer default... Oh, that's covered. I see. If some bizarre 
Nazi militant puts <laughs> nails in your tires, that's not covered. So oh, that's just no. Uh, after we're done here, I'll be Ubering back over to uh, <laughs> the Toyota dealership and paying for. So here's hey, here's, you here's don't have to thing. you don't have to Uber today. I rode my bike. I'll give you a buck. Remember when we called it a buck when you were a kid? I can't hey, imagine. A buck? I can't imagine anything I want less than to hang <laughs> onto your shoulders and stand on the back spokes. <laughs> I think that would be outstanding. We could sing the song "Best Friend" from you. You want it? You want it? People, let me from the courtship of Eddie's father. The courtship of Eddie's father. Do you want to do that all the way to Golden Valley? Because that's the dealership I went to. I will. I'll do that. That's a kind of commitment that I have. His name is Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. We are doing the Brian Oak Show, and we are in the Smart Start MN Studio here in the heart of South Minneapolis. I've already forgotten. What song am I going into? Because I had had like four in mind. Scars on 45. Oh, okay. So this British band right here. I I was lucky enough. You know, I've never tried to be the cool guy. I've never tried to be like, I'm friends with rock stars. (laughs) Because they don't believe it. I don't believe it. Nobody believes it. But this is a band that for whatever reason, for all the times they came into Cities 97, I hit it off well with. And we had a fantastic time together. And they do a certain brand of melancholy pop that I... Well, I mean, I cried for an hour before you got here. Of course. And then you came in. I'm like, sorry, sorry, all these things are wet, but I've been crying. I just, I love this band so much. I've been building this COVID playlist that's equal parts optimism and crying. Let's see if we can make Dave Hahn cry today. (laughs) Well, Dave Hahn will be joining us right after this song. But in the meantime, the British band Scars on 45 right here on The Brian Oak Show.
<laughs> I have something at home called the COVID-19 playlist. That song number 278, although those guys hold a much, much higher rank in my heart. The British band Scars on 45, who I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of times when I worked at Cities 97 and had them out to an oak on the water, had them in Studio C. Again, you don't get to pick what you love and who you love, right? Like some bands are just like, meh, we're just doing this because we have to do a thing. And every once in a while, you meet someone that you're like, holy shit, we get each other. And like, it, yeah. it, it's Well, it's like in real life. It doesn't matter if it's bands and you work at a radio station. It's, it's like people or going into a place or running into a friend's friend. Every once in a while, you have that feeling. You're like, holy crap, I like that person a lot. And you, you can't explain it. Don't try just enjoy their company same thing happened to me with scars on 45 right there hearts on fire they do melancholy and they do heartbreak better than almost any band i've ever heard in my entire life if you go back and listen to them i know i'm always like headphones man headphones throw your earbuds in the garbage i'm not joking throw your earbuds in the garbage and get some big chonky over ear headphones listen to that song in headphones and it will sound night and day different it's the brian oak show episode 68 we will get to today's guest very shortly but first we have to thank a couple of sponsors one smart start mn smart start mn are the original ignition interlock company here in minnesota now others have moved in others have tried to take the place others have tried to come in and say that you know like you know how pretenders are. I totally know about posers. Anybody in their <laughs> gut, you're like, fucking pretenders. <laughs> but Smart Start MN, they are the originators. Not to mention, Mike and Ed are both great, great dudes. Yep, and music fans and funny and oh, good people. I, Mike's been on my shit all day today <laughs> on Facebook, which is fine. Uh, but what they do is they provide... Basically, I, I'm, I'm minimizing it. I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. But a breathalyzer in your car, should you have a DUI, you're going to want to get back on the road. And you are going to lose your license. So to get your license back and to get back on the road sooner than you otherwise might and for much less than you might expect, that's where Smart Start MN comes in. Yeah. Uh, as we've talked about before, you know, you want to get back to work as quickly as possible. So what they'll do is if you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, They'll give you 20% off the ignition interlock installation. And so you're going to save a little bit of money there. They are the originators of it, and they're not going to shame you. Most people are not repeat offenders with that sort of thing. So they're they're not going to shame you. It's like just. I feel very triggered right now. I feel very seen. Um, (laughs) But again, you're right. Most people are not repeat. Now, the people who are repeat offenders, they're not going to bother installing this. No, I know. But the people who are like. Fuck, I fucked that up. Yeah, yeah they're gonna yeah, come they're, they're gonna want to make sure they don't have to do it again. You know, they say that alcohol clouds your judgment. And so that's why I, that's that's why I, that's why I always I always like people are like, that guy, what an idiot for drinking and driving. I'm like, well, it is the first thing to go. You're not the best decision maker when your tender drinks deep. Now, as we both said, please, please Uber it to the bar if you know it's gonna never, be never never drink and drive. Never, never. But here's the problem. You or your silly brother-in-law with the pot belly, yeah. or Frank a friend of a friend of yeah. a friend yeah. does it, and there are ways to get back to your normal life sooner than you otherwise might. So smartstartmn.com is the way to go, and smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show? Correct. Okay, very good. Uh, and hey, before we finally talk, finally... Are we 17 minutes in? We are poor. Jabber, Dave, jabber, jabber. Waiting and waiting well, and staring at us. We're almost there. With these guys. I got to knock out one more sponsor. <laughs> 
And that would be Buster's on 28th. They are an amazing bar and restaurant in southeast Minneapolis, literally kitty corner from Lake Hiawatha. They are three blocks from my home. They are stalwart allies of the Brian Oak Show, and they are also really good at what they do. Zillions of, di- well, okay, zillions is strong because that word <laughs> that that word doesn't actually mean anything. They are the many, 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 many craft beers and wines and apparently they're working on liquor, is that right? They are. Uh, I don't think they're approved yet for it, but they have that online ordering now, which is fantastic. So if you don't feel like sitting on the phone uh, when you want to order, do your curbside to go or whatever, uh, you can order online now. That just started a week or so ago. So and check that out. Their deck is open. Uh, and it they're, is. they're doing social distancing. They're also limiting you to 90 minutes because they're like, look, everybody needs a little deck right now. So you get 90 minutes. Then beat it, nerd, because someone else wants to sit down there after we wipe it down and he eat some good food. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to have a couple of the guys from there uh, on the show coming soon. I haven't told you this yet, but uh, one of them is in a band. Huh. And the other one... <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh, really? No, and the other one's just a huge fan of a local band, so um, I just, I'm going back and forth with them right now, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that, I Well, think. thanks for tuning in to the Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, um, wait a minute. Oh, oh, Brian Turner. Troy, Troy Bernardo, <laughs> nice. shut your fucking pile. Let's go ahead and meet today's guest. His name is Dave Hahn. He is the CEO of Urban, Urban Ventures. Dave, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. All right, well, and thanks for tolerating all this <laughs> stupidity right here. No, no uh, problem. If I seem a little out of breath, I felt like I better go check my tires. Well, <laughs> seriously. It's, you it's never know. I'm, I, after we're done here, I'm taking an Uber back over to Golden Valley to go get my so-called fixed car. We'll see how that works. So, Dave, before we talk about you and the work that's being done currently, tell me what Urban Ventures is. Yeah, well, we've been around 27 years right here in South Minneapolis, and we have a, a strategy to prepare and send every child in our core area, our area of operation, to college or oh. some sort of post-secondary education. Wow. And the reason we focus on education is because to really break the cycle of generational poverty that the kids are growing up in, it's really through education. And so we set an audacious goal and we're working really hard to achieve it. But so 27 years and you're still here. Now, I spent six years in the nonprofit community before I got into radio and now Talk about nonprofit. Now I do a podcast. <laughs> um, but before I did that, I spent six years in the nonprofit community. So I know the margins are exceptionally thin and literally every penny counts. But 27 years is a good run, man. Yeah. It, it, it's going it's, it's going well. It is going well. And, you know, and it, it, it never ends, though. I mean, um, of course, it's, it's really one heart, one child at a time. You can't take a minute off if you want to promote an important nonprofit effort. And so when you're, I mean, and again, you're not just talking about like, let's build a fence. Let's put up, put up a little library. You're talking about sending kids to school. That's a significant commitment. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And we, I mean, we work with about 2000 kids and their families a year. And um, we really try to get to know them, know them deeply and, and make a difference in their life. So we, are you, are you a Minneapolitan? You live in Minneapolis? Close. Okay. Closest. That's fine. But, but, <laughs> but you, but you work here and you've yeah. obviously committed a great deal of your life yeah. to making sure the people that live here are doing the right thing and are 
getting better opportunities than they've had before. So it's weird, like right, like so. In the last few weeks, what now months? It, it I start to lose track of time. The days go by like wind. It's been. Oh, I hate this word so much because it's on every advertisement. <laughs> unprecedented, right? In these unprecedented times, <laughs> in these uncertain times, but it really has been. Minneapolis has not seen days like this before. Now, that does not mean that people of color have not faced uncertainty here before. Uh, it does not mean that there has never been difficulty here before. But what it means is that the the rock that was thrown into the pond that has sent ripples around the world, literally, for whatever reason, this one, George Floyd, more than ever, and again, we're 10 blocks away from where George Floyd, I, I'm not afraid of saying it, was murdered. Um, why why now, and how has, how has, how has it affected your organization and, and your mission? Yeah, well, I think you said it really well. I mean, it, it is unprecedented, and you know, I have to say, I'm really proud of what Minneapolis has done mm-hmm. um, to really, the, the, the protest movement is a big deal. And, and the fact that it started here, spread across the country, and then really across the world is, is truly something to behold. Um, unfortunately, some, you know, negative came along with it, but at its core, it's been a beautiful thing to to see. And if anyone's never been to 38th in Chicago, and I don't mean to interrupt you, if you haven't been there, it is. I mean, it's heavy. It's hard. It's dark and sad. But because I mean, a man was murdered right there. Yeah. But but if if you're going to die, and I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's justified. But if that kind of beauty comes out of one man's death, because many, many people of color have been murdered at the hands of unnecessary authority, and it happens today. You look down at the the detainment camps on the Mexican border. You look at all that shit. Oh, it's outrageous. But when you go, I guess my I was trying to be positive. Sorry, you go to <laughs> you go to Thirty Eighth in Chicago, the flowers, the art, the music. The quietude, like it didn't burn like Lake Street burned, right? And it, it, it there, and quietude is strong, but it there's a there's a sense of unity. The roads are blocked off, and it it feels like maybe those roads should never be opened again, and maybe that should be George Floyd Square. Like maybe again, I don't know. I'm not a city council person. I don't know, but but to go there, it gives you hope. And a little light amongst the darkness. Yeah, I think if you live in this area, you've got to go see this place. It, it is. It took me weeks, and I finally went. Yeah, it, you have to see it. Um, it it's really a, a great tribute to a man that was, I agree with you, is murdered, and um, and it's it's just rippled across across the world, the entire world. One yeah. of the cool things about what you guys do is, you know. I think there's the fear right now is that there's this short term wave of everybody saying, okay, everybody, all hands together, we're all in this. And the people that weren't racist before still aren't racist. And the people that were racist still are racist. And maybe you change a couple of minds. But we, what really needs to happen is the change with systemic racism. And one of the cool things that you guys have been doing for years is being part of the solution. Nothing solves problems more 
than opportunity and equity and education and things like that. And as somebody that grew up poor, um, it's very rare to see kids. I mean, there's several people in my own own family that didn't graduate high school even, much less go on to post-secondary education. And there is a mindset at some point. And so, you know, as we've talked to other guests on this show, what's working for you guys? What has worked? What have you seen work uh, to help with equity in education and give these kids opportunity? What's working for you? Yeah, I mean, we've really learned that we've got to start as early in life as possible. I mean, we started a prenatal program oh where God. now we're doing an early learning That's center. pretty early. I'm yeah, that's pretty early. <laughs> pretty early. Yeah. And then, you know, and then uh, early learning center, zero to five years wow. old. And then we have after school programming, you know, while first through eighth grade. We have youth mentoring while they're in middle school and high school. And then we have a, a scholarship program where we work with six partner colleges in the state of Minnesota that really um, pay us to go out and find under-resourced kids wow. that show a lot of potential. Not your A student, but maybe your B minus, C sure. plus student that have grit and determination. Hands up over here. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna for the, I, the B minus. I, I wondered. I wondered about that. Don't get me wrong. You're right. Middle aged white cisgendered male, but B minus C plus. I feel very seen once again. Please yeah. continue. But you know what? And uh, B minus C plus students um, can be next um, next generations uh, uh, chief executive officers. Um, so they they have so much potential, and but they need the opportunity. And what we're all about is creating opportunity for kids that maybe otherwise would be left behind. So, Dave, before we get to your first song, because ostensibly this show really is about music. And no matter who the guest is, whether they are an entrepreneur, whether they are a CEO for a nonprofit, whether they are an artist, whoever it might be, I love to know people's association and attachment to music. So before we get to your first song, I want to ask you, so when you talk about that process, you talk about the the number of steps, like, all right, we need to check in with this person here and here, and people start to fall off and they start to drop off, and then suddenly they've given up on education as a future. Where Where is the biggest stumbling block? Where is the biggest blockade culturally, financially, socially to someone going on to that next level? Is it personal? Is it social? Is it economical? Where is the point where you watch most people fall off of that path? Yeah, no, good question. I mean, economics plays such a big part of it. I mean, there's, you know, that saying that your zip code that you're born into makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And we see that. I mean, we see that, you know, if you're born into a situation where you're lacking what everyone around you has, mm -hmm. It's really hard to overcome that. Now, you can overcome it, but you need some support. And we like to see ourselves as a part of the solution uh, to provide that support. Well, we're going to talk more about your organization and you on the other side of this, but we've gone far too long without a song, and we like to play songs on this. I do not know who Kedron Bryant is. Will you please, again, and there's, it's not a test, Tell me a little bit about Kedron Bryant and I Just Want to Live. Yeah, it's really, this just ties in with the George Floyd thing, you know, the, uh, death as well. But uh, this is the song that came out as a result. And so oh. when we when we talked to you guys about picking songs, we picked songs that were directly affiliated with George Floyd death. So that's when this song just bubbled up. 
Yeah, one thing I should mention too is at um, Urban Ventures, we we do have a music program with a um, commercial grade recording studio. And in fact, some of the earliest equipment was donated by none other than Prince, who grew up just a couple blocks away from wow. us. Wait, now Prince is that an artist I should be familiar with? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to be sarcastic. I I'm a gigantic Prince fan. Um, so Prince donated equipment to your efforts. He did. He did indeed. But he was that way. Like, and, and the thing about Prince is he donated so much to so many, but because of, I don't know if it's his philosophy, his spirituality, his basic psychology, he would never talk about any of that. And he was one of the most magnanimous and philanthropic individuals anywhere in the music community. He was brilliant. That's, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. 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 And so the the songs that we're going to play um, today were chosen by kids in our music program. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know Keydron Bryant. I just want to live, but you're telling me, Sean, this was inspired directly by the death of George Floyd? Yeah, he's a young man, and wait till you hear the song. I'm ready. Let's do it right now on The Brian Oak Show. I just want to live. God protect me. I'm a young black man Doing all that I can But I mean this has been the last few weeks To stay Oh but when I look around And I see what's being done To my kind Every day I'm being hunted in My people don't want no trouble God, 
so even cursory research has revealed that there are dozens of versions of that song. That's how popular it is and how widely viral it's gone. Keaton Bryant is 12 years old. Do you know what I was doing at 12? I hadn't even started <laughs> masturbating yet. <laughs> you were just eating paste, I think. A yeah, lot. no, I'm eating paste and playing with my Star Wars action figures. <laughs> That's literally all I was doing. How do you ruin that beautiful moment? I didn't ruin it. I, 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 in fact, I highlighted it you that did. Keaton Bryant is a better person than I am. Well, I, yeah. I, I, well, I was, I was lost up my own ass, and Keaton Bryant's like, I just want to live. It's a beautiful, beautiful message. Absolutely. And thanks to our guest, Dave Hahn, for picking that particular song. Before I move on, did I mention my masturbating? <laughs> God, would you please just um, go? I, I'm no, so I, sorry, Dave. Well, we'll start the whole we, thing. We Let's can, just we can cut over. this over. Well, we can cut that all out, except we're totally leaving it in. Um, before we go any further, we do have to another men- mention another sponsor, and that would be none other than Judgy McJudgmentalton <laughs> over there, uh, Sean Bernard. Um, he, in addition to being a friend, business co-owner, producer, uh, he's also a realtor at 50th and France, the Adina Realty location there. And apparently people are still, despite the fact that lockdown should still be in effect, they're throwing caution to the wind and still buying houses. Yeah, it's crazy that you read one article and it seems like everything's down 25%. And you read another and people are saying they're having multiple offers and both are true. In some particular segments, it is down quite a bit. Yeah. In other segments, you know, especially below four hundred thousand, you're seeing multiple offers. Um, the challenge is there's not a lot of starter homes out there right now, and so people that were hell bent on buying their first home, you know, they've been planning it for six months and right. saving their nickels and dimes as we did when we bought our first house. You know, they're the ones that are battling for these for these uh, first-time home purchases. So. Is it possible to sell your house without your wife knowing? You know, unfortunately, it takes one to buy. It takes two to sell. Mm. That's how that works. But, Just asking for a friend. Well, you never asking know. Asking for a friend. You know, have you ever, have you checked to see if your wife has uh, a lot of nails or screws in her purse? Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> All four tires. I know. All I four know. goddamn tires, Sean. She's got the helmet on. How do, people, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's out there like she's a NASCAR pit exactly. crew member, except she's drilling nails into tell my that, fucking tell tires. That, tell that trouble story one more time, Brian. <laughs> Oh. 612-859-2594. You can call or text. And even if you're planning out, even if it's six months from now, 612-859-2594. Dave Hahn is our guest here on the show from Urban Ventures. So obviously a big part of what you do is getting kids to further their education, which it's probably the biggest thing you can possibly do. Sadly, we've watched this beautiful city that I've called home for more than 30 years, you know, it's been quieter lately. Although there's been more fireworks and whether it's for Breonna Taylor and whether no matter George Floyd, no matter who it's for, I'm fine with that. I don't mind waking up at night, you know, but for a week or so there, the city was on fire and there were helicopters every night and I didn't sleep more than three hours for any night. Now, am I suffering? No, I'm a middle-aged white guy. I'm cool. Uh, I'll make it. And, but a lot of people have been dealing with generations, if not centuries, of racial injustice and stupidity. And so I understand it bubbling over. And again, I know that most of those people were not involved in the damage, right? There's a lot of outside agitators or just bored kids from the third tier suburbs who are like, 
Shit, we should go burn something. What do you think about burning the third precinct? So here we are uh, a month later, and Lake Street burned. Uh, Even where I live, 46th and Hiawatha, the Holiday Station store burned to the ground. It looks like something out of Mogadishu. it's, It's not cool. Is your organization involved with anything regarding that? Yeah, we sure are. I mean, and you're right. I mean, the devastation is incredible to see um, up and down Lake Street. We, we've really focused our efforts on Lake Street between Portland and 35W. And now when you talk about focusing your efforts, what does that mean specifically? Yeah, so we, um, we, we've gone and visited every um, business. And believe it or not, in that short stretch, there's about 150 small business At owners. At least, yep. And they're they're all hurt. I mean, combination of COVID and yep. and not having you know customers and being able to sell their products and services, to just reopening and then having to shut right back down again because of the violence that spilled over into the streets. So we've really um, uh, we, first we helped with cleanup every night after after the um, destruction the, uh, the preceding night. But then our donors have really stepped up in a big way. And so next week, I'm really proud to be able to say that we're going to be able to present a check for $5,000 to every one of those small business owners. My gosh. 150 of them? Yeah, 150 of them. So, Dave, Dave, because I want it to be even more than that. Like this, you know, it's this is, I, I, was, I called it my city at one point and was accused of being uh, a, a beneficiary of white privilege. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not saying the city has to capitulate to my needs or my desires. This is the place I've called home for 30 years. There's a difference. Like, so maybe I use the wrong verbiage, you know, but I want, I want this city to look the same, not the same. It'll never look the same, but I want it to be similar. I want to be proud of it. I want it to be my home on the far side of this. So, and we'll talk about this at least a couple more times. Uh, that's amazing. $5,000 to every one of those organizations. If people want to be a part of it, if people want to be able to help, if people want to get involved, where do they go? Oh, please um, visit us at urbanventures.org. And it's right on the homepage. Uh, we, we talk about all the things we're trying to do to rebuild this community, and we'd love your help. So not only are you sending kids to school, because education is everything, but Lake Street matters enough to you that you're helping to rebuild. And again, $5,000 is not going to rebuild a building, but it's going to help people that otherwise have no other resource. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and the other things that we're doing real quickly are, you know, we saw the... um, you know, the destruction to the markets um, and the grocery stores, every one of them was shut down right after um, the street violence. And so we converted our gymnasium into a food distribution center. And again, all based on the donations of people from across the Twin Cities and beyond, we've been able to provide, we're estimating 200,000 pounds of food and personal care products, household items, that they can't get from their uh, grocery stores or markets. And and that's been, I mean, just so heartwarming to see a community come together in support in this way. And we don't want to do that long term because what we really want to do is get the businesses reopened. And that's why we're helping financially, but we're also putting project teams together 
to go in and help with the repairs and paint and replacing carpet um, and, and get the businesses reopened. And then we've got other donors that have provided monies to allow us to print up gift cards for um, the businesses. We'll buy those gift cards and then we're going to distribute them into hard hit um, households so that we um, encourage um, economic vitality again in in the area. How did you get this calling? I mean, I mean how did this happen in your life? Did you go that right was from my e- next question? Did you go right? Did you go right from Eagle Scout and helping old ladies across the street to like right into? Well, this isn't good enough. I think I've got a no. I mean, uh, congratulations first of all, but what an admirable way to live your life and to demonstrate, you know to others through your actions, what you're doing to change the Twin Cities and to make it a better place. But how did how did you get here? How did you get to this point? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. But, I, you know, I'm inspired by so many others. I mean, I, I made my, you know, career in, in the corporate arena and ended up running a, running a company. And, and I'm actually- Was that more- company- a knife fighting company? Yeah. Was, it, no. was it a boomerang throwing company? You don't have to answer that question. Please continue with your actual answer. No, but um, I, you know, I'm much more inspired by those that have been at this work all their lives. Um, I, they just, I, I, I mean, I've met so many great people, and to be among them now and really doing something meaningful a community I love is really satisfying. That's the whole bit, right? Like, I mean, like you reach a certain age and, you know, money's great. It allows you to do a lot of fun things. But if you decide that it's the end all be all, if you decide that that's what is important, you're going to fall down that well. It'll never, ever, ever be enough. But doing right by your, your neighbors, your fellow citizens by, and really, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Part of it is selfish by yourself. Like if you can't wake up in the morning and feel like you're doing the right thing, you reach a certain age. We're like, well, fuck you. Why would I do any of that? <laughs> I, and again, I'm I'm pardoning my use of the French uh, and the coarse language, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Is you know, I always love my job, and but with this this particular podcast, I don't think that we're abusing anyone's feelings. I don't think that we're rubbing anyone the wrong way. Well. That's probably not square. There's a lot of squares out there. Um, but um, but like doing, you just have to be honest to yourself, right? And so, you know, there's no there's no shame in you having had a history in corporate America. But at some point you found your voice, right? You found the thing that made you feel like you were spending your life in the right way. Because, I mean, let's be honest, our moments are finite, right? Absolutely. Does that seem Absolutely. fair? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Um, what what is that? Well, I was just you can't see the song, so I was sharing the song, the next song that we're gonna do. I, well, that's so far away, and I have really bad eyes. That's true. Here's the deal: I can see really good up close. Yeah, I can read the finest print on a prescription bottle or on a CD. Five feet away, Nothing. you might as well be showing me something <laughs> in Sanskrit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking. about. I don't about. have the Sanskrit app uh, <laughs> on my phone. So. <laughs> Thank you very much to AudioQuip.com. They are amazing. Thank you to everyone who supports us. By the way, thank you to our Patreon members. Without you, this does not happen on a week-to-week basis. And we still, for those of you who didn't show up last time, have to find a way to get you your tote bags. Tote bags. Oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet tote bags. 
Oh, fuck you, NPR. Uh, hey, uh, Dave, <laughs> um, Dave, I, sorry, was that out loud? Maybe, oh, I, oh, I said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. <laughs> Dave, um, tell me about the next song we're going to play. This is the Nina Simone song, and it's I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel. And again, picked out by kids in our music program at Urban Ventures. So, so again, before we dive right into the song, um, you you get kids into higher education. You are helping rebuild Lake Street, literally rebuild one of the most important venues in our entire city. What is the kids program? Will you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, we again, we start um, early on and, and we'll have a brand new uh, early learning center for 84 children ages six weeks to five years old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Six weeks. What can they learn in six weeks yeah. other than pooping themselves? Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of uh, neurological activity going on. I understand. Do, do, I um, get it. I have a daughter. And yeah. so I remember all that neurological activity. But I also remember... Wiping a lot of poopy yeah. bottoms. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be hiring someone for that. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. Tell me a little bit more about the program. We'll yeah, and then, and, then, and then we have, um, you know, really from first grade through career um, activities um, from uh, after school program, you know, focus on uh, literacy and, um, you know, math help, uh, homework help. But then we have a real vibrant um, sports program. We think... Um, Sports are really an important component to a child's development. You learn a lot on the basketball court or on a soccer field and, you know, character development, learning teamwork, grit, determination, all that. And so we have real active sports programs, the music program. We have um, mentoring one-on-one and small group mentoring. You know, um, kids need someone that, loves them and cares for them and um you know that they get that at home hopefully but um to have someone outside of mom and dad to just come alongside them be there encourage them motivate them is a really really important part urban ventures is apparently a much bigger operation than i understood initially when i heard about the work you were doing i was like very impressive but there's so much. It seems to be very, very comprehensive. And um, I was very, very glad to hear you say after sports because I love sports. I, you know, I'm not any good at them, but uh, I think that there is real value there. But, you know, when we look at the contraction of all the mediums around us, also schools, you know, after COVID, I feel like arts and music are going to be the first to be sacrificed in the wake of this they were already on the way down for the last 25 years and the first to be sacrificed i just i hope they don't go away my wife's a music educator but as important as sports are arts and music have been proven time and time again to be equally important in terms of a young person's development yeah i could not agree more and as long as i'm at urban ventures that's not going to happen um they're, they're just critical to really building up a child and and you know academics are so important but there's a lot of correlation between arts and music and and even um activity on the sport uh, on the sports court to really um uh inspire a kid to want to do their homework and succeed in school well and if only part of the sports curriculum was sword fighting 
But apparently, apparently, boomerang launching. apparently swords aren't <laughs> cool anymore. Dave Hahn is our guest from Urban Ventures. So this song was requested by one of the people. One of our students. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and why did they, did they say why they requested the song? Yeah, it just spoke to their heart. And I think as we hear the words, we'll, we'll know why. Let's do it. crossed man all you can do is i don't believe in prayer but i do believe in thoughtfulness i do believe in willfulness i do believe in looking your fellow human in the eye and recognizing their fellow humanness what about intention so let's not call it prayer but just really kind of meditating on peace for somebody else at at that point it becomes semantics like i do not believe in a higher power yeah but i do believe yeah in the golden rule, which is weird, right? Because like, my, not, not really. I why, why would you? Why would you have faith in this sort of imaginary thing that what you do to others, they'll do to you? I'm not religious. I I don't believe. 
Oh, man, we're going to lose some fucking Patreon members, aren't we? <laughs> I don't believe in a higher power. I, I don't believe in a magical sky god. But I do believe somehow, even though I don't believe in ultimate punishment or ultimate, you know, uh, what do you call it? What do you, so you, you believe we started with nothing, Wait. we end with nothing, and we're going nowhere. Well, no, 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 no. But what do you call when you go to heaven? Is that uh, a thing? Anyway, <laughs> I, I, you know, here's the deal. I don't believe that there is a cosmic equation. Well, actually, that's not true either. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that there is a Christian equation. There may be a truly cosmic equation, but despite that, let's just say we get these 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Let's just say that's it. Somehow in my heart of hearts, I still know it's the right thing to do to be good to somebody. To do right by them. And it's what it, matters the most, even whether whether you're religious or spiritual or not. It's what people, the actions are. A lot of people only do that because they believe there's a consequence. Eternal damnation. Eternal salvation. I don't believe in any of that. But I do believe somehow still that my life is better and other people's lives are better by being good to them, by doing right by them, by... But, you know, again, it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your entire life for them, but just be good to people, man. Don't yeah. be a piece of shit. And don't that, be self-centered. That, that has been my bottom line in all things when I talk about the golden rule. Don't be a piece of shit. <laughs> and it, it's shocking. It's shocking how many people can't even live up to that no. shitty standard. <laughs> Luckily, Dave Hahn is our guest, and he is well above that standard. He is the CEO of Urban Ventures. So before we go, and we do have to wrap up here very shortly, Dave, um, Urban Ventures, what haven't we talked about so far, and what else is on the program list, and what else should people know about? Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, two two things that I should mention. One is we do also have a farm, Um on the Greenway, uh, so a, a local farm, and then we also have a donated farm out in Lakeville. And so we produce uh, about you know 40,000 pounds of fresh produce and distribute that every year as well. Um, so I wanted to mention that. The other thing is um, after, in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, mm -hmm. um, we worked with clothing vendors in Minneapolis and created a design um, better together Minneapolis. And I know you helped promote that and we appreciate that. I'm pleased to tell you that it's raised over a hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> that's that's so real great. money, man. It's real money. That's real and, money. And that money, every dollar of it is gonna go back to rebuilding Lake Street. So So just because people sometimes are too lazy to rewind Will you re-say exactly what you just said and where people can go if they want to do more for it? Yeah, please uh, visit us at Better Together Minneapolis org, and um, you'll see right in there what we're doing, why we're doing that, and for a thirty dollar donation or higher, um, we'll send you a T shirt. We've got ours coming, Brian. I love T shirts. I can't wait. Well, I mean, it's it's all I wear. I mean, granted, I have a thing on top of it, but really, like, cool T-shirts are really sort of my, the only thing I've worn for 40-plus damn years. Dave, uh, we're going to wrap things up here, but thank you very much. Good to make your acquaintance, and I'm really, I'm really glad that someone with your, here's the weird thing. You come from a corporate world, and you move to the nonprofit world, but you bring 
and I've watched this happen because I've known a lot of people in the nonprofit world. You bring an important skill set that otherwise might not be there, but you found a calling and you found a thing that mattered to you. Um, and I hope you're happy there, man. Hey, I am. And also happy to be here with you guys this Thank afternoon. you so much thank for you. your service yeah. and your well, work. It, thank you very much. And Lake Street, it will never look like it did before. But it might be better. It might, but there will be parts that are better. There will be parts that will never return. I don't think that our post-COVID, post-explosive <laughs> racial unrest world will ever look exactly like it did before. But it can still be good, and Minneapolis can still be our town. Um, and it will be. I believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be having the guests I have, and I wouldn't be saying the things I say, Dave. Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank One you. last time, how do people get a hold of uh, Urban Ventures? Urbanventures.org. That's super complex. I'm not sure how I'm going to figure <laughs> that shit out, Dave. You guys couldn't come up with something else? <laughs> Keep it simple. What, 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 what about, like, prettykitty.com? Yeah. Nothing like <laughs> no. that? Nothing? Okay. Nope. All right, Dave, thank you very, very, thank very you. much. Thank you, guys. And what song are we going to end with, Sean? We're going to end a little upbeat with this one uh, oh, to celebrate, oh, yeah, remember, celebrate the work Dave's doing and everybody else. I just want to celebrate by Rare Earth. Dude, Brian Oakshone, episode 68. Thanks for tuning in.